Well, hello and welcome to Spotty on Shares from lockdown in Melbourne town. No, actually, we're not running anywhere. We're just staying in the same spot. But nonetheless, though, for the last time this week, our guest uh, chief spotter and myself, Elio D'Amato, will talk the market day and also answer your questions. As always, we encourage you to go to our website, spotty.com.au, to see which guests are due to appear on the show next. Uh, we'll update that on the uh, Thursday or Friday for the guests for next week. Uh, the good advantage is you can ask some questions relative to their area of expertise, and we've got quite a few of those today. Many of you uh, saw our guests and texted us 0480-079-089 or you email us question at spotty.com.au. So let's bring in the aforementioned man. It's our chief spotter, Braden Gardner from Trade Setup. G'day, Braden. How are you doing? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, excellent. Thank you. Great to have you back on the show once again. Um, look, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and then uh, a little bit about the businesses that you represent, uh, being Trade Setup that I introduced, and then you got Trade Direct 365 and uh, TD 365. But you're the maestro. Why don't you tell us a bit about them? Yep. So we're running a few things. I'm involved in a few things, which is always good. Um, the main sort of things we're focusing on is um, the alert service, which is Trade Setup. Um, you can jump onto the website, www.tradesetup.com.au. Um, and what we're really trying to do there is just give out some alerts. We've done pretty well in the last uh, five years or so, uh, probably averaging around the 40% mark a year. Uh, there's been some good years, some bad years, you know, some rough years like last year, but um, all in all doing really well there. Uh, if you jump on there, you can download the free trial. It's 15 days and then it'll just kick off from there, monthly payments. So um, what we also try to do through Trade Setup is do a lot of mentoring, um, just the way we trade, the way we approach our markets, you know, risk management style. We're you know, basically uh, technical traders and you know how we manage our risk when we do our, our trade alerts and stuff. So um, more than enough information through that. Also do quite a bit uh, with Trade Direct. So we've got the two brands there, Trade Direct, 365.com.au, get myself confused, uh, which is the Australian brand. And we've got the global brand, which is td365.com. So the difference is really there in the margin. So feel free to jump on those websites, have a look around. There's a few bonuses on there once you get on, uh, a few um, intro offers. So more than enough to play around with there. Yeah, and uh, in particular, the rebate that you offer for those that jump onto the uh, Trade Direct 365 platform. But yeah, we'll uh, um, re remind everyone of those websites later, but tradesetup.com.au, uh, that's where uh, I know a lot of our people have asked questions today. You might very well find some value there. Now, currently, as we go to air, the market has just turned into the red. The XJO down 0.1%, uh, uh, the All Ordinaries uh, a little bit less than that. A uh, bit of a nothing day, so it'll be interesting to see what we can make of any market news. And there wasn't much, but there was some. Brickmakers, who today announced an increase of profit expectations from their joint venture in the industrial property portfolio, uh, due um, to uh, basically $100 million worth of revaluations. Now, this will contribute to record EBIT from the division of some 240 to $260 million for 2021, which is up $129 million in the prior year. The company did also say it's a little too early to say um, how the uh, Solpats investment as well as the actual BRICS business is uh, actually doing. But the market was happy with that announcement, Braden, up 7.76% at the moment as we go to air. Uh, what do you make of uh, old Brickworks share price? Normally a sleepy giant, so uh, probably not one that comes on your radar. But that said, though, it seems to be going in the right direction, at least for today. Yeah, look at some, <laughs> it's heading higher, isn't it? So let me just grab up the chart quickly. It's really taken off. It's the good thing is it was spending quite a bit of time consolidating sort of above that 20 mark to 21. Uh, and I feel the longer things consolidate, it consolidates some gains that had a bit of a push up, consolidated for quite a while, probably the last two months. 
now that's broken out, I think it's going to drag in quite a few buyers that might have been waiting for something, waiting for a pullback. Uh, they maybe haven't got their pullback that they were waiting for, and now they seem to be chasing their tail as the market presses high. But it could get a bit of emphasis the next couple of days, up 7.5% at the moment. It's looking really good. Uh, looking pretty uh, pretty solid there. Uh, talking about looking solid, Cardno announced that following a number of unsolicited approaches, basically takeover bids, folks, in case you're wondering what that means, it's going to partake in a strategic review of its operations in order to maximise shareholder value, uh, proving that it's not just the Carlton Football Club that engages in such reviews. Hopefully, they're just as successful at it because the price is up currently 22.7% on the back of that news. Last one I'll get you to comment on, though, uh, Braddon, is a maligned mining contractor Parenti who has won a seven-year, $496 US million contract with Sandfire for open pit mining services at its Malio uh, copper project in Botswana. Uh, but the mine still has to be approved, and it's totally legit Botswana style because 30% of the work has to go to, uh, well, local partners, let's just call them that. But, Brad, and let's talk about um, PRN, though, because its chart has looked terrible quite frankly. Um, the price actually, uh, I think, hasn't moved much. It's just uh, oh, still flat um, as we go to air at the moment. Um, what sort of action in price would you need to ha see before you know those who do believe in this business could possibly consider um, taking a little bit of a nibble or if they're already holding, possibly topping up some? Yeah, you're right. It doesn't look so crash hot. I think looking on the weekly chart, the longer term charts and even the daily, uh, it's that that sort of sell off through that dollar mark uh, where it got smacked down to about 70 cents has really would have shaken a few investors out of the market um, who need to grow the confidence to get back into it. Uh, anyone that's still holding is sort of really just waiting and praying that someone someone else steps in and starts to soak up any of that selling pressure. Yeah. So with that news, if it can actually start to, to lift from there, what I'd be looking for is that first pullback because it is, you know, down at these levels, even down towards 60, you'd think it's a bit of a bargain. It should be starting to find some support. And the most important thing, you know, if it holds above that 60, 65 zone, it's holding a high low from around that 40, 44, yeah. I think it's 45 cent level, level. So that alone, I think if it just holds up here, it'll start to drag in some buyers. And if you can start hold a minor level from here and start to get that interest pick up uh, with a bit of volume, see that volume lift, then it's looking quite good. But for now, that's what I want to see before I even look to dip my toe in the water. You know, Dow theory and volume is just like steak and potatoes to charters, isn't it? You guys <laughs> must just love it. But nonetheless, so uh, sage words, particularly after massive pullbacks like it's experienced. Okay, folks, it's time for us to answer your questions. Remember, of course, that we can't take into account your personal objective situations or needs, even though you ask us the questions. Um, all we can do is give, a, uh, give our point of view on the stock in general. Uh, if you want to discuss any of this content, you need to find someone licensed to have that discussion with you who's not freaked out by shares. And remember, folks, that we do hold interest in stocks. We try to disclose that on the show. Uh, but sometimes in the cut and thrust stock discussion, we forget. Uh, feel free to contact either Brandon or myself to get any clarification uh, with regards to that. Um, okay, I'm going to go to uh, young William uh, because he sent this question through on Monday, but I did save this one for you because patterns like this are always intriguing. The question uh, or company in question is Dubba Group. The code is DUB uh, for those playing along at home. Uh, he sees it traveling sideways. Um, the, the signal he's used here is the Darvis box, uh, a great little indicator. He uh, almost took a parcel, but he hasn't yet, and the stock's still been range-bound till then. So he's wanting to know what sort of price level or what sort of action he would need to see to confirm a breakout. Either way, but um, I dare suggest by his question to the upside more specifically. Yeah, look, um, it has had a good run-up, and that's sort of the thing that's catching me um, feeling a bit negative towards it. I know, look, that technical pattern where it's had up and it consolidates those highs, I mean, it's what I said before. 
um, when it consolidates, the longer the better. When it breaks out, it's going to go. But this the same token, what it's doing is dragging in buyers by you know consolidating those highs. And if it doesn't go, there's going to be a lot of buyers going to want to chase the door. Or sorry, run for the door and chase the tail on the way out. If it does start to break down, so I would be looking for and the fact that it's actually pushed up above three now, which is pretty much you would expect to be a breakout area, pushed it up, and now it's come straight back into that zone uh, below three. It's not really a good sign that it's going to be the breakout just yet at least. So what I'd be looking for is really sort of a bit of a pullback, but I want it to hold a higher level, somewhere around the 280, 275 mark. If it can hold there and start to perk some interest, then I think the next time it pushes up through three, it's going to keep going. Okay, then hopefully that uh, answers your question there, uh, Will. I'll go to Helen, actually, who asked about an interesting stock. Uh, the company is RMP Global Holdings, as the uh, code is RUL. Uh, Helen's questions, uh, she likes it because it's a software as a service business. Uh, I'll get to that in a moment, folks. Um, and it seems to be getting some traction now. And she's right. Look, it develops software for the mining industry. And last month, they told us that annual recurring revenue from software subscriptions is now up over $20 million, which is important because it makes up about 70% of their entire business. Now, I don't know why more analysts don't cover it because, to be quite frank, their time would be better spent here rather than some of the other crap they cover with. Um, but look, EV to sales is five, which is not the cheapest, but it's better than others in its sector, which coincidentally is IT. Uh, you might be interested to know. Um, it's been cash positive for a few years, um, or this will be its second year, that is. Um, it's a good business. But fundamentally, I've got to say, uh, Helen, it is priced in. But what would I know? Charts heading northeast. Braddon, that's what we've got you here for, not just good looks. What would you um, have a look in regards to RUL? Um, and I suppose uh, both the upside and downside, I suppose, in regards to where support may very well be found. Yeah, no question that it's you know, it's heading high. It's it's um, holding higher levels. But what we look at it, um, as a technical analyst is how far away from the mean it is. You know, is it is it moved too far away from the mean to to for me to expect more people to come in and keep buying it higher? So if I'm going to buy it here, I really need someone to step in behind me and start to soak up any of that selling and really push price to higher levels. Otherwise, risk is going to come a bit of a problem. So for me, the way it's extended up through a dollar fifty, it's getting a bit extended. It's not something I would jump into just yet, but the longer term uptrend is actually quite appealing. So what you'd want to do, what I'll be looking for do, looking to do is that you want to see a pullback just to flush out a few of those buyers on that spike. If it can start to hold a higher level, that's fantastic. And if it can start to consolidate, you know, somewhere around, say, 153, if it retests that area and then starts to rally again, then I'd look to be a buyer because I know exactly where I want to put my risk and my risk is not going to be too big. Now, if it does pop up, make a lower high and chop me out as it reverts back to the mean, so be it. That's the way it is. So really, you just want to see, I want to see some heat come out of this um, move up at the moment and start to hold a higher level uh, before I'd look to get in. Uh, sage words of advice. Thank you uh, for that, Brad. Uh, Greg, just to answer your question in regards to Aries Resources, the code is AIS. Uh, basically says, uh, could we cover it if we have time? Well, Greg, you know, we've always got time for you. I just didn't have any yes yesterday when you actually asked the question, which is uh, unfortunate because the price has a spike. For those that don't know, uh, AIS is a copper explorer. It gave an update on some drilling results at its uh, Constellation area. Now, they weren't bad looking. Uh, the grades aren't quite Olympic Dam just yet, but really the exciting thing was they encountered these results drilling just 10 metres down. Uh, this helps obviously with project feasibility and there is more drilling to go, especially with uh, extensions to the south. Now, 
The pleasing thing is, according to the company, that the mineralization is better than expected. I mean, it'd be hard-pressed to suggest you'd find anything that shallow. Uh, and there's more drilling to come, though two of their wells hit excessive water. So hopefully that is just an anomaly rather than uh, anything bad. But yeah, the price popped yesterday, hit a high of 23 cents, but it closed at 21. Hasn't been at these price levels for a very, very long time. From a chart perspective, Braden, if it can uh, break that 23 and hold, is, uh, is the time to pin the ears back. Yeah, look, it's um, like you said, it's it's hasn't seen these levels for a while, which means there's a lot of longer term buyers that might be just sort of sitting around waiting for an opportunity to take some profits. So I think it's coming up to sort of you know 23 to 25 zone, uh, where it's, it could be the first port of call for those sellers uh, to come into market, or the, at least the buyers to take some profits. Uh, from there, it'd be a push up towards you know the highs around 28 to 30. They're about so for me if i'm looking to get into this again it's the same as um rul i want to see that pullback i want to see the pullback stick which means there's more buyers happy to jump in at these levels looking towards you know 30 40 50 cents uh so they've got higher expectations and then that way i could manage my risk completely i'm buying off the high low risk is below and then i just want to see how far it can run it is stretched like you're saying um so i do expect sort of that closing that gap down to sort of 17 seven and a half cents and then just want to see how that how, how the buyers react to that pullback Greg, if I were you, I'd keep that firmly on the watch list, uh, my good man, because, um, yeah, if it does what it should do, it uh, could go well. Uh, nice looking chart. Uh, question uh, or comment comes from Kate here. Could I please get a technical view uh, on uh, Imugene? Uh, the code is IMU for those playing along at home. I held this for some time and it's been a great performer for me. Okay, next question. No, I'm only kidding. Look, there's nothing wrong with boasting here, folks. By all means, feel free to boast about a stock you like. But Kate's question is quite specific. It has been a great performer. She um, has taken some windfall profits along the way. Um, at various stages, 26 and 49 and a half cents. Unfortunately, though, only a tiny fraction of her order got executed and the share price has since pulled back. Now, uh, she'd like to get some tech levels uh, and also how you manage a situation like this because, of course, we all like to get quite strategic when it comes to placing our buy and sell levels and there's nothing more frustrating <laughs> than only getting a little bit of your parcel executed and then left being, being left holding the can, either to the upside or downside. Um, it can be interesting. So, Brandon, uh, first, just some thoughts and some key levels with regards to IMU, and then how do you manage this concept or idea of uh, being left with holding the can and not getting your full trade or full trade executed? Yeah, well, um, look, if I had something like that, I'll be boasting and I'll be telling everyone. So, great yeah, little yeah. trade. That's well why we there. got you on the show. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Mate, everyone would know. Don't worry about that. <laughs> um, so, you've got to from a technical perspective, how are we trading this? If I was trading the upside, and this is actually one that we missed, to be quite honest, I think I was looking to break out around that 13 cent mark and then had another look at it 18, for whatever reason I got sidetracked. So <laughs> it's really gone very well. As a technical trade, you'd want, you'd want to follow the anchors on the way up. By anchors, we just mean the higher lows. Uh, so, because that's kind of, kind of the first thing. If it starts to break, they test the higher low, that's gonna test to resolve the latest buyers. And then if they can't hang on, then um, they'll be selling into the market. You start to run out of buyers up at higher levels and then the thing's going to have to correct uh, before it can start to drag in more buyers. And that's what it's done through uh, sort of that 30, 37 cent mark. Um, it's broken that more, sort of anchor to the uptrend and then it's held a, a lower high as well, which is going to drag in some uh, more sellers or at least get some more buyers to close out. Uh, then you go into that sort of corrective mode and you'll be looking for a, a level where it can start to hold up and potentially I'll just be looking around the MAs, potentially where it is at the moment. Uh, you'd want to see if it can just sort of hold up off that, uh, we use the, the 20 and the 50, hold up off the 50 MA, um, and then start to find some more buying. 
at the moment, it's still just squeezing out. It's in the process of squeezing out those buyers. So uh, for me, if I was if I was going to get out of this, I'd be just hitting the bid. I wouldn't be playing around too much with it, especially by the end of the day, especially to lock in those gains. If I want it out, you just hit out as simple as that. Um, so really what I'd be looking for here, if you can start to bounce off that 30 cent mark, uh, hold a higher level, then you might get another good leg up and you might be at least retesting the highs from there. Excellent. And uh, what an interesting time to make that decision. Talk about uh, sweat and grapes. You've also got the end of tax year. So if you have a big windfall, it can make it quite stressful. But that's the fun of it, Kate. Hopefully um, you enjoyed that answer there. Uh, Ismail asks us a double banger question here. So I'll go with the first bit and then I'll be very interested on your insight on the second bit, uh, Braden. Um, Ismail wanted to know about Boss Energy. It's a stock I know, of course, and I hold. Disclose that number of times. BOE is their code. Uh, will it be the first mover in the uranium production uh, sphere in Australia? And if so, can you give a quick explanation of how uranium sale contracts with utilities basically work? Well, look, you're right. Uh, BOE will be Australia's next uranium producer from its honeymoon deposit in South Australia. It recently updated the market to say it's got all the required permissions. Um, an enhanced feasibility study will be completed at the end of the month. And to be honest, we're all holding our breath for that. Now, it's expected to be uh, in the lower quarter or lo lower quarter quartile, as it were, of uh, cost producers in the world. And everyone that knows our thoughts on uranium price, well, it finished uh, the end of May at around $31 US a pound, but everyone is calling it higher. That probably means it will go down. But anyway, for what it's worth, um, experts are calling it higher. As to how they buy the stuff, well, the producers normally sign the contract agreements directly with the utility companies. So there will be offtake agreements. You will see companies sign with people like Boss, um, people like Lotus, uh, people like Paladin. Uh, they, they will sign to shore up their uh, production moving forward. So they basically do the deals in and amongst themselves. The deals can be from between three to 15 years, depending on how much they need. And yes, there is a spot market, but it's only small relative to what goes on in the contract space. Uh, in fact, the contract price will often be higher than the spot price by some margin. Now, the uranium's dug out, it's enriched, um, it's then put into, compacted into rods, and there you go, you got yourself a power source. So. That's how it all works. Of course, there are many uh, different levels uh, beyond that. But yes, the, the majority of the deals are done between the utilities and the producers. And that gives the producers some confidence they can go with. And the utilities cut out the middleman and at least get their supply shored, shored up and guaranteed. Because the last thing they need is to be uh, trying to fish around spot prices. Because everyone knows. And guess what that does to the price? goes up. But the second part of his question um, is in regards to the fact that, Braden, there's so much information on stocks. I mean, he's watching this program. He hears me talking a million miles an hour. He's going, oh, geez, do I have to learn this stuff? Do I have to, you know, give up my family and my day job just so I can manage a portfolio? I mean, there's a lot of noisy nonsense uh, that can go on in this place. So he would like to know how you go about filtering out noise, Braden. Uh, and then, you know, more importantly, um, how you then with your noise filter, get the information you need that then allows you to make better investment decisions. Yeah, um, like I was saying before, I'm, I'm essentially trading momentum, okay? So I don't like to make things too complicated, and that's probably one of the reasons why I'm a technical analyst rather than a fundamental analyst to find those things hard to retain uh, and keep in the brain. But I would like to make it more as simple as possible, I think, all markets are supply and demand. It's a basic supply and demand between um, you know, buyers and sellers. Uh, it could be fear-based fear at times, you know, fear of missing out and the fear of you know, giving back a, a good winner. So there's a lot of emotions involved in the market. So I would like to look at 
insurance simply is price action. What's happening at certain levels? How is it reacting at certain levels? Um, how does it react when it goes into the highs? Is there selling coming into it? And then just try to you know, anticipate what's going to happen next with, mo with regards to momentum. Um, is it into a pullback mode or is it starting to completely correct? If it's going to correct, do I want to be in for the longer term or do I want to be out and reassess it with the anticipation to get back in later on? So I don't like to overly complicate it, especially with technical indicators. I use a couple, but it's more to keep me on track with momentum as opposed to that I trade purely from them. Uh, it's purely from um, a price action point of view. And like I said, what's happening between supply and demand, between buyers and sellers, uh, when they're going to react. So if you look at what you were just talking about, uh, BOE, Boss Energy, the way it's sort of flushed through um, 17 cents or thereabouts, it's just come and gone to re uh, a level, a uh, nice technical level and started to head higher from there. So what that's going to do, anyone that might have been got, uh, flushed out of the market, got a bit spooked by that push down below, especially if they were buying above it, they've been cleaned out and the market's going to head higher. So uh, just watching sort of how markets react to certain levels. Yeah, ra rather than uh, preempting them, actually watching them happen. Look, I'll be quite uh, frank and honest with you if I can, Ismail. I mean, you know, I mean, I love this stuff. I've been very fortunate in my career to turn my passion into, or my hobby, I should say, and my passion into my career. Um, and now that I've been doing nothing but basically talking socks the last year and a half, I can't get enough of this stuff. But I am a very unique beast. To be honest with you, the question isn't how do I absorb all the information that's out there. Rather, the question you should be asking yourself is how do I want to invest? Basically, what sort of, you know, do, do I want to look at it daily or weekly or even monthly? Um, do I want to deal with the volatility? Am I looking for the next 10 bagger? More um, on that in a moment. Or do I want someone that's slow and steady paying me uh, income? If you find out the way you want to interact with the market first, then how you filter out the noise and manage that becomes a much easier task. Um, unless you actually know what you're trying to do, then you're right. It's just noisy nonsense. It makes no sense. By the time you get in, you should have got out and vice versa, and it all goes um, pear-shaped. Whereas if you know how you want to interact with the market first, then you know, okay, I don't need to do this. Don't need to worry about that. Don't kind of leave that out. Oh, I could better listen to this. And then you can go through the steps and then make it more digestible. So spend some time to think about your own personal investment strategy first, and then worry about what, what tools you need to go about um, assisting you to do that, whether it be Braddon's or one of our other guests, for example. Um, you know, how you want to interact will then determine the course you need to take and how much you need to listen to. Braddon, I'll come to you for your two stocks to watch in a moment, but I do want to cover off a quick uh, question from Apratim, um, who asked me about stock Aramin, AUN, a stock I've held in the past. Yep, that's right. It's Well, first, it's looking for gold around the old um, mine at uh, Mount Dima. Uh, predominantly, it's got other projects as well. I said it is a stock I, um, I hold, uh, or held, sorry, but I sold it for tax losses, of course, being the 30th of June. And unfortunately, it was one of those uh, that had to get the cut. Um, I will get back in because they have a quality management team. The grades at Golden Slipper recently were good, uh, but momentum is just against it. So... You know, as for six months, where the price could be, that, that, that's a little bit hard because when you're talking about exploration type businesses, it's all about whether, you know, what they dig up and what they find. Now, this aggressive team here is uh, pretty drilling a lot of holes, trying to find the stuff. Early indications are pretty good, but uh, there is more to come. So, and anything can happen when it strikes that. Uh, but that's the risk you take when you get into these smaller businesses. Make sure you have a stop loss in place, or in my case, it was just tax selling that it, uh, it worked in my favour, but I will be looking at 
uh, possibly getting back in because I do uh, rate the company highly. All right then, Braden, time for you to step up and shine the light on two stocks that we're going to sit there and listen attentively to. Then we're going to toddle off and do our own research and see whether they align with their own investment objectives and, of course, tolerance to risk. So who do you want to shine the light on, Braden? Uh, the first one I'll, I'll get into is uh, Legend Mining. We're actually waiting for a bit of a, a buy um, entry trigger to tick off on this one. It's had some good news uh, recently, which is it saw a sort of push up to the 14 cent market. It got sold back down, I think. For me, it's come back down to another level around 11 cents. So if you go back on the chart from, say, March, uh, March last year, it's had a big run up and it's been contracting with lower highs and it's just been holding high lows as well. So the term contracted meaning uh, price is coming to that point of agreement and I think now it's more range bound at the moment and I'm expecting uh, that recent move down to 11 cents which retested at 11 cent level from back in uh, February to hold and I would expect the market to tick up through the highs at 14 cents and start to, to trade higher and uh, really once it gets through there I would expect buyers to be dragged into the market uh, really start to kick on that uh, price higher so that's the first one I like um, next one is WGX just to keep on the gold theme I think gold's got some upside coming, uh, just depending on inflation, how they react to inflation. I think with WGX, again, it's over the time, over the last, sorry, probably few months or so, it's been holding some high lows. It has been holding some lower highs as well. So it's, again, it's coming to that point of agreement uh, between buyers and sellers. So what I'd be looking for is if, as long as that 214 mark or just about there, 210 to 214 can hold, and it starts to break higher, break higher from here, to me, it's, it's a good sign that's breaking up and out of contraction. So you know that the buyers are going to start to outweigh the sellers. They're going to start to pressure it higher. So I'll be looking for a move up through 230 to take out 240. And then from there on in, you'll be looking to the sort of 280 mark. Uh, but them are two. It's LEG, Legend Mining, and WGX West Gold. Yeah, no, two, uh, two good little names to uh, keep an eye on there. Braden, before we say goodbye to you, I mean, you're of that generation where this stuff makes sense to you, and it'd be rather remiss of me to let you go without uh, making a comment, especially as I saw on your website, you comment on it from time to time. Uh, in regards to cryptocurrencies and what's happened with Bitcoin and, and of course, and this station loves the stuff, so this is how we guarantee a thousand clicks on our little uh, video there, Braden. Um, <laughs> Be very interested just for your view in regards to what's happening with the gorilla. Let's, let's just focus on Bitcoin because everyone just basically goes up and goes down with it um, in tow. Um, what do you see here? I hear levels that it might find some support around, you know, $20,000 to $15,000, which would still be a big fall from here on in. Do you share that sort of sentiment or do you think that uh, maybe that's a little bit too bearish? Uh, yes and no. I mean, one of these things when it can go up so hard, so hu excuse me, so hard, it's sucking in a lot of buyers on the way up and they get committed and they get, um, you know, they really start to love the story and they, you can see, you just jump on Twitter, everyone's a bull. You know, if you're not a bull, you get shot down pretty quickly. Yeah. So um, the way it's really dragging some buyers, that's going to step its way down, I think. And if they're not going to get out, they could be, you know, the fear of, of breaking through sort of that 29, 30, say 30,000 30, even mark is going to be a real sort of, I think that's a line in the sand at the moment. If it can't hold that level, um, then it's going lower, and then you would be opening up for a move down to sort of that fifteen to twenty thousand mark, um, or probably you know around that fifteen thousand mark, which you just mentioned. But at the moment, for me, the key level to hold is around thirty thousand. I think it's traded near a couple of times, it's rejected it. The problem is, it's also holding lower highs, which means that mm. you know sellers are not waiting for it to bounce back up to forty-eight. They're not waiting for it to get back to fifty-six. They're selling now, and they want to they want out now. Just depending on where you bought it. But at the moment, it has cleaned up a lot of um, buyers from sort of anywhere above. You know, 42. 
uh, anyone that's holding above from 42, they're either committed or they're going to be getting out fairly soon with that break of 30, I'd suggest. And a lot of pain on the way up, of course, when it got to those all-time highs. But nonetheless, Braden, that's all we have time for. So on behalf of all of us, I want to thank you uh, very much for your contribution today. Braden Gardner from uh, tradesetup.com.au. Thank you. Thanks very much, mate. Great to be on here. Yeah, it's great to have you as always. And remember, tradedirect365.com.au is also the platform where you can uh, look at uh, CFDs with the tight spreads as well. Um, And of course, TD365, if you've got that global bent about you. All right, then remember to go to our website to see which guests are due to appear next week. Uh, It'll be updated either tomorrow or the day after. Uh, And when you uh, see who they are and you've got a question, send it through on the text machine 0480 079 089 or question at spotty.com.au. Now for our special announcement that I should have done yesterday but ran out of time. Well, you may have seen by now that we've launched our inaugural Spotty Ed event. It's all over our website uh, if you missed it. Now, it's called Hunting for the Next 10 Bagger with Tony Lacantro. Now, many of you will know Tony from the show, but behind his jovial bitterness lies the mind of one of Australia's most successful micro-cap speculative investors. Now, why will this session be different than his usual appearances? Because this time, he's going to teach us all how to fish by showing us how he actually goes about identifying the next 10 by potential bagger and then um, how he manages his position when he actually lands one. So publishers have been trying for years to get Tony to write a book, but instead he decided to go well, do it with me exclusively in this special webinar event that you cannot miss. So it'll be held on the 30th of June once all that tax selling of a lot of microcap stories is out of the way, so it's perfect timing. It'll cost you $99, a small investment relative to the potential life-changing event that you may experience. And seriously, folks, relative to what you spend on crap every single day, um, to me, it's a bargain. You'll receive a recording, a transcript, and additional learning aids. And if you can't see the value in that, then really seriously, sell your share portfolio and become a property spruker. Go to spotty.com.au and invest in yourself, hunting the next 10-bagger with Tony Lacantro. All right then, folks, that's all we've got time for. Until next week, I'm Elio D'Amato. You've been watching Spotty, and together we've been showing the spotlight on shares.